This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today we are going to uh, do a little recap on the hearings. I guess this is day four of the hearings looking into what happened on the 6th and the events leading up to it. So far, they're doing a really good job. Like, much better than I actually thought they would, to be honest. <laughs> uh, they're following that template very well. Tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them, tell them what you told them. You know, day one was all about, you know, telling them what you're going to tell them. Then they started bringing in the pieces of the puzzle. And this is good because a lot of the people who really need to hear this information, need it in small, digestible pieces. And then it can all be brought back together later on in the tell them what you told them phase. So far, the committee has presented their evidence that Trump and crew knew the claims about the election were false when they made them. Then they presented their evidence that Trump and crew knew that some of the actions they were advocating be undertook were in violation of federal law. Today, they presented their evidence that Trump and crew were behind the state-level push to create the plausible deniability for the activities of the 6th, those alternate electors. The, the idea that the, the push for these alternate electors came from D.C., it's something that a lot of people assumed. But having it clearly demonstrated, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big piece of evidence. Because that shows that it wasn't actually the states calling the election into dispute. They weren't disputing the results. They were just following their betters' orders. Or, in some cases, pushing back pretty hard on the requests. That's one of the surprises in the committee so far. I think most people, myself included, expected the majority of the hearings to be the Democratic Party pointing fingers at Republicans. That's not what's happening. It's Republicans pointing their finger at Trump and crew. This primarily, when you're looking at this, the evidence being presented, the, the truly remarkable pieces of information that are coming out, they're not coming in the form of statements from the Democratic Party or from members of the Democratic Party. They're coming from Republicans. In some cases, lifelong Republicans. Um, and I think that's going to, as the hearings go on, I think that will have a more and more marked impact on the people that really need to hear this information. Um, I think the only other thing that I'm really surprised by uh, 
is some of the conversations that took place. I mean, don't get me wrong. Legally and morally, there's a whole bunch of these conversations that never should have happened. At the same time, I'm sitting here as, you know, I used to be a security consultant. I'm like, none of these people have ever heard of a cutout, huh? I mean, like, there are people that talked about this who should have never spoken to each other directly. Um, that always should have used an intermediary. And, I mean, it's good that they're this bad at this, but it, it's surprising. I mean, they do have people on staff that would know how to do this, and it seems like they just didn't listen to them, or they didn't trust them enough to tell them what was going on, which is funny in and of itself. Um, the lack of internal security is a huge thing for for Trump and crew right now. Uh, a lot of this never should have been something that could have been pieced together because these conversations should have never taken place from a security aspect. I'm not even talking about the legal and, and moral sides of it. That's obvious. Um, so given that they haven't used the proper security procedures that would you would use in something like this up to this point, I have a feeling there's going to be uh, even more conversations that come out that are that are very surprising. Um, that uh, that that seems to be almost a certainty. Conversations that never should have taken place that should have been done through an intermediary. <laughs> Um, that took place directly. And that is going to be one of those things that makes the case. Um, th th this is a group of people who truly do believe they don't have to worry about basic, basic security precautions because they're above the law. Their carelessness, their lackadaisical attitude when it comes to basic tradecraft um, it, it it might be more concerning to me um, because this shows they, they really do. They didn't think that this was anything to worry about. They didn't think they had to worry about it at all, that they were just completely above all of it. Nobody was going to come after them. That's, that's something else. So the hearings will go on. I would expect more very frank conversations between high-profile people. I would expect a lot of texts and emails and documents to come out that shouldn't exist. Um, and I really think that the committee is doing a really good job of presenting their case and showing people hard evidence that what they don't want to believe is what happened. Now, when they finish up, what they're really going to need is, is somebody who can tell a story, somebody who can speak, who can pull all of these little independent digestible pieces of information, you know, that, that are being presented on each day and tie it all together. That's what they're going to need to really sell this to the American people. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.